0: Thank you for listening to True Crime 49. This week's special appreciation to our international listeners in Belgium, the UK, Germany, and Canada. This is a special two-part episode. Thank you.
1: What if you held the cards at the beginning of the night, and you knew every hand before it fell on the table? The fool would come out all at once and spoil the orchard. Why not give him a story? He had big dreams and he was scraping dirt, trying to carve something out of the thick, setting it up for the rags to riches Johnny-come-lately story of the century. Welcome to True Climb 49. Walking out the door his keys jingled as he came down the walkway. Light in the foot, he'd been taking a few dance lessons. Walking like a neighbor would, but inside he's dancing. The slides stop, and then fall into a glide surveying the terrain, locking eyes on something that piques your interest fly by and spin and snap to it. Arm raised, hand directed like a night raptor. His legs barely rigid in pose, his foot grinding sand sliding towards you tickets to Spain, a taste just to wet the beak. Who knows, maybe someday when he's an old man he'll have to settle down somewhere. So why not look for the place ever since you were young? The White Pearl Ford Explorer is borrowed from a friend of his.
0: Not too long after the Persian War, Tom Cody, originally from Minnesota, found himself in Alaska. Tom was comfortable with the outdoors. He made his way to Talkeetna, 113 miles north of Anchorage. Talkeetna is a place where a cat named Stubbs was mayor from 1997 until his death in 2017. Tom had a juice bar catering to the locals and the droves of seasonal hikers that came to see Denali, the highest mountain peak in North America. He shuttled hikers from Anchorage to Talkeetna and developed a relationship with Ole and Cliff Hudson, whose stories from Hudson's air service are found in James Meishner's book Alaska. Tom came into contact with many skilled hikers and enjoyed hearing about their experiences.
1: At the corner of Muldoon and the Bar Road there's a creek that runs around somewhere in there. Just around the bend from Creekside School and Old Harbor Road, the butcher Baker's old house. And down by the Glen Highway, you're almost at an eye shot down the road to the Hans Roll Memorial Way Station. You could wave hello and goodbye if you were on your way out to Eagle River. And then up at the other end, near the Big Bend by Pioneer. Cloyd, the albino, made his last stand. He was such a scatterbrain. And if you just kept going straight up into the hills, you'd pop out somewhere near Campbell Airstrip Road. Arnold L. Muldoon was tacking a few boards on his cabin in the year 1942 when he had been interrupted by the U.S. Army. A world away, the Japanese had struck Pearl Harbor, and they were here now, asking him to douse the fire and leave immediately. After the war, the fat cats were raking in all the chips. And here he was, almost three years later, climbing the ladder again, a half-driven nail touched with rust, especially where he had touched it with his thumb and his finger three years ago. He is pulling the old nail out, and a new shiny one held dry between the edge of his lips, when the shot rang out from somewhere behind him. In the brush, the two scurvy dogs had crept up and snickered, their lips tacky on sour milk-colored teeth. The Irishman comes down from the ladder, and the soft hammering in the wood stops with the bang of the gunpowder. There is muffled hollers softened among the twigs and the leaves. The brothers Jesse James and his brother Frank, said they were smarter than the original ones, assuring themselves. As they had readied their meeker damp supplies, taking on the risky venture of trying to run an Irishman from off of his land. These namesake bandits even set fire to a couple of trees, and the fire marshal came out and inspected the fire, and he looked up into the blackened trees. Arnold L. Muldoon went back to tacking on the boards. And growing his potato patch. Settling in for once, much older now, with finally no Japanese or the military to worry about. The James brothers are long, long gone by now. His pioneer gravel road swarming with people not far from his wooded home now. But it was on the third of the fourth time coming back from the little market, and the little paper brown bag was folded squarely in his hand, excited to complete a few tasks with his new supplies and ingredients. When he saw the front door of his cabin was kicked in again, with the vandals and the vagrants, that would begun to swarm in the little town's edge like rats. He slumped his shoulders and breathed out, and then breathed in and began to sweep up his dry foodstuffs, to refold the clothes that they had tossed and he was chiseling out the broken, splintered stile of the front door, and he sanded the new wood inserts and applied a finish on them. It looked beautiful as he was looking back from the passenger side of his good friend's truck, finally leaving his little homestead, and even yet, he was still grateful that he had lived at least a few glistening moments of his dream of a homesteader in such a thoroughly explored and finished world. He got himself a nice little place downtown, and when he was in the warm sundown of his years, he sold the last of his land to the municipality at half price, so they could use it as a park. And the old man Sullivan said something in the chomp of his cigar, that now he can go and die with his money. But the old man showed up one day, and they squinted in the bright sunlight. He was still alive, and he had used quite a bit of that money, and they were uncreating a statue, the one of the man Seward, and he had skipped sliding still in bronze at the top of the stairs and the grand entry of the Lusac Library. At the corner of Muldoon and the Bar, there's a creek that runs around somewhere in there. There are greenhouses melting snow every time it touches. Ice drips slowly building into embankments. Black and cold like outer space and glowing beneath the blurry panels there's plants. Still sucking water up tiny straws. Less than seven feet away from fourteen below and blackness being blue over a whitened world. The greenhouses are failing. A huge chunk of land with the creek running through it like Disneyland, right in the heart of one of the most up-and-coming intersections in Anchorage. Him and another guide went in on it together. They kept the old greenhouses going as a warm, glowing beacon in the night. A lighthouse on 29 cold blue acres. And they'd scratched the earth to come up with the money. And they have a deal on the table with the muni. The city is going to buy 12 acres for $1.3 million dollars. It hit a snag though. It could have been done by now. But there's a sit down tomorrow with the bigwigs. He wants to walk out of there shaking hands and patting backs, hard work. And coming out of a cold can of beans. Persevering dammit. After all, he's got those fucking tickets to Spain.
0: Tom's mother, Nada, describes Tom, at 35, having Brad Pitt looks with blonde hair and blue eyes, fitting the bill of a former Navy medic. He was one of many siblings, which may account for his close contact with his family and friends. Tom and Joseph Bryant, 28 years older and wiser, developed real estate in Anchorage, making several land deals. Tom and Joe made a great team. They were both good-natured and well-grounded.
1: One thing they always say about this guy, they never met anyone that was as social as him. A constant pinging of his friends and certain family members, at any moment a casual call, anywhere, any convenient time, a matrix of dots, pulsing, and at times, blinking together. He was an avid hiker. The community of Anchorage usually regards those of the walking stick with high regard. Venturing into the Chugach Courtesy would demand of you the same admiration He had his favorite trails And when someone would go missing You could overhear different people fielding calls in the hiking community Everyone knows he loved such-and-such trail If I were two young airmen first class overdue with their truck found just as they left it out past wherever You might not get it out of your mouth before one of them or all of them start nodding and breaks in. They got a good peek at her, but the range just keeps opening up as you go around the corner. Amazed at the view and as your triumph as a hiker, but when you turn back and you are looking at a dim world of clouds of brush that you had slipped through hurriedly and it had shuddered and had went back into place as you wandered through into the radiant cinema of the mountain peaks, brilliant golden pink Sherbert. You could build a theater out here. How far back is the truck?
0: After a brief call to his mom, Tom in a blue shirt and shorts had lunch with his neighbor at her home on our own lane. He had mentioned going hiking later
1: A beautiful, warm, sultry voice answers, 911, what's your emergency? There's a hundred different ways to hear someone tell you that their friend is missing. 85% of them loony birds. There's a hundred different ways to get him off the phone, politely. This lady is still on the phone, and an eyeball from across the room. This call is in progress, and in review, it starts to go up the ladder. And then it's going up flights of stairs pinging matrix of dots now flashing all together that he would never go this along without making contact with me, a big land deal tomorrow with the muni, and there's a massive ship running at full throttle, motors banging hot into the night, frightening noise to be near the engine room, and they turn all the lights off, and they turn the motors off, just living both the night and the black waves knowing down deep that something is wrong, and it's something you can't quite put your finger on, but the feel of it almost takes your knees out. An investigation is opened, and the hiking community does what they do, and friends would go out to his favorite trailheads, always the double whammy kick to the stomach that his white pearl rig isn't parked out here either, but they run out the trail anyway, a good effort keeping your hopes up, out here hoping and praying on every footstep that something is just about to come into view. But it's the way back now, and the sun is setting empty and hollow, and you remember things you did together, and the reality is setting in, and the tears run hot down the hiker's face, and fights off almost sobbing for a second the one leg midstream went lame and wanted the body to curl up with him in the dirt, and shaking it off and remembering the thought of a horribly twisted knee. He'll be heavier than hell carrying him out of here, but they brought hot soup and even some wine because one time, the hiker grits his teeth and makes a mental note, barely holding himself together. The municipality is coming down through the layers of subdivisions and lots and blocks and easements and utility corridors glowing lines of distension across the municipality of Anchorage proper. His keys jingled as he came down the walkway, and the skips slide into a curtain of darkness. Like the ship in the dark, his keys now floating alone, tinging against each other, all the way down to the parcel of land and on the municipal easement for the road, both laying claim to the end of his driveway. A fruit basket withers in the morning, bathed in the warm light of the day. The plump fruits now black and shrunk in, weeping out juices and puffing black dust into the air. The loved one's first task is the bereaved. Don't let his mother walk in here and see that thing dumping the rotten fruit in the blind of the bushes, plops out, laying ass up and corrupted and putrid.
0: The friends and family of Tom Cody searched trails throughout South Central Alaska and the streets of Anchorage for the missing man. Nada left Minnesota to aid in the search of her missing son. She had last asked him about some mushrooms she had found which her Tommy advised her not to eat. She held out hope that he was alive somewhere.
1: The trooper's crouched with his head almost touching on both sides the rusted frame of one of this month's burned out cars, out at this one spot, a weekend warrior Mad Max sand lane and gravel world, out at a road that ends and keeps ending for the next twenty miles up to the edge of the glacier. He reads numbers into the mic. Actually getting pretty tired of this fucking bullshit. It comes back as the White Pearl Explorer. When his mother first laid eyes on the fruit bowl, she saw it empty and clean on the table. And they saw her grit her teeth just after her knee gave in for a second. she grabbed the table's edge. To be continued...